From the lands of Egypt comes something special. Every family begins their perfect night with a great meal. And it starts with Mount Sinai olive oil. Taste the quality of premium, delicious olives that are first cold pressed and extra virgin. No matter what's for dinner, Mount Sinai olive oil will be the perfect ingredient to enhance flavor and your health. Excellence has a new name. Mount Sinai olive oil has arrived. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Kickback, where we get together with entrepreneurs and we're sharing knowledge, experience, and wisdom in the field of entrepreneurship. And today, I got on today's episode, I got on the phone with Mr. Clayton Neal. And Mr. Clayton Neal is an 18-year real estate investor. He also... He's also owns a real estate construction company as well. Um, in this episode, Mr. Clayton Neal discussed on how he ended up growing up in the west side of Detroit, humble beginnings, leading him to become a graduate at Michigan University, Go Blue, and which eventually led him down the path of investing in real estate. I think it is, this is a eye-opening interview. I'd like to thank you guys for listening. And I'll leave Mr. Neal's information in the show notes. And boom, we are recording. I'm joined here today with Mr. Clayton Neal, real estate investor, trader, among other things. Actually, um, if you can, can you give a brief introduction to yourself for the, the audience here, sir? Well, good morning. Good morning. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Definitely appreciate the, you know, the, the, the hand, the extension, and, you know, just join and, and try to share some information. So uh, I'm Clayton Neal, real estate investor, uh, real estate agent, developer, uh, licensed general contractor here in the Detroit area servicing the entire metro Detroit area. I'm a native of Detroit, West Side, Brightmore, Schoolcraft, and Evergreen area, for those of you who are familiar with that area. I've been in, in the real estate arena uh, for about 18 years. I don't want to necessarily just jump right out into it, but you know, I've been, I know we're going to talk a lot about real estate today. 18 years of various experiences. I mean, we can, you know, talk about a little bit of everything. I don't want to steal any early thunder, man, but I'm I'm excited. You can see them out and get fired up. The, the the opportunity to, to talk and you know just share share my story and hopefully enlighten some individuals maybe give some individuals a little bit of confidence to take that to take that step because I kind of just jumped out here so you know that's me in the, the short summary you know I can definitely dig in a little bit more as we you know go on but then you know that's that's the basis that's the that's the meat and potato. Okay. Well, well, the goal is is to inspire someone to to take action. And you say you you grew up in a schoolcraft evergreen area. 
Yep, right more. Uh, move over there and actually 1986, mm-hmm. summer 1986. So I can kind of remember it. Um, previously, you know, previous two years. Well, I was actually born in the Seven Mile Everything area. We stayed in apartments when I was young. My mom had me when she was kind of young. My mom was uh, had me uh, right before her uh, right before her 19th birthday, her senior year of high school, or no, the year after her senior year of high school. My mom was my heart. She passed away in 2016, but born on Seven Mile Green, you know, I moved moved over to River Rouge, stayed in the family house for a couple years out there. Things got a little hairy. Uh, as they sometimes can with family, we were forced to kind of move. We actually stay in the motel. Um, a lot of people don't know this. Most people don't know this. Probably maybe my wife knows, but that's probably about it. We stayed in the motel for like a month on Telegraph at Six Mile, a uh, suburban motel. I remember that. Um, and then we moved on to Vaughn uh, Street, uh, right off the of Schoolcraft, right off Evergreen. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where I built a lot of, different things just through experience. The neighborhood was different, man. It was kind of rough, but it was a lot of love at the same time, but it was love in, like, silos, you know, because there was a lot of gang stuff going on back then, so it was kind of crazy. So my parents sent me to school on the west side, you know, further west, where my grandmother would say that uh, she was off the Schaefer. She had just moved from Bagley, uh, where they owned the house, um, and she sold it. She moved into a little duplex on Schaefer, so I ended up going to school over there because it was a quote-unquote better neighborhood, but, you know, some of the same things, man. So, you know, Detroit is Detroit, you know, back then, you know, growing up in the 80s, 90s. So, yeah, man, that's kind of, you know, so I got a little, I got roots a few places in, you know, east side area too, but then Detroit, man, I love the city. Why it's so important for me to continue to try to, you know, help any way I can, whether it be through the community building. I remember from Omega Five Five Attorney Incorporated, community service organization, you know, I've coached football and then obviously, you know, my 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 love, my passion, which I love all those other things, but I really say it's something that I truly feel is my calling and, you know, will allow me to, you know, leave a legacy to be remembered for, you know, certain things and, you know, hopefully certain projects long after I'm uh long after I'm gone. Wow, that's an amazing story, man. That's amazing and a real story. And that's a story people get from Detroit can resonate with and urbaners can relate with that story. You know, I'm, I'm not going to even go as far as saying black people. Of course, we can relate to that. But urbaners can relate to that story. Okay, you, 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 you passionate about real estate. What was, what was your first deal? And what were the barriers of that first deal and how did you overcome them? Yeah, that's a great question. So I got, I, I bought my first property in 2003, a little bungalow over off of uh, like Lebanon and Warren area for a, for a 210 uh, area called, zip code, excuse me. And I kind of just jumped out there to be honest. A couple, couple of my buddies from high school, you figure I'm 20, 25 at the time. I'm working in Ann Arbor with the University of Michigan. So I ended up working up there right after school, right after I got out of school. But, you know, a lot of my people were down here. So I'm working, and immediately I, I kind of knew in, in back then, corporate life like this ain't always cracked up to be. You know, right when I got out, I was doing a job with neurophysiological monitor 
So I was working, you know, the like, you know, EKG machines when people were having like spinal surgeries, different surgeries, fusions, getting, you know, cages inserted, all sorts of things, you know. So I'm in there and all working sort of it was just crying like, man, this isn't this isn't what's up. This is not it's not giving me what I need. So started doing healthcare sales for a company out 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 in Arbor. Great company, family owned business. But anyway, fast forward a couple of my buddies I went to high school with, they had bought a couple properties. Right? And I'm like, man, for me, I'm like, y'all bought y'all bought houses, y'all not even about to live in these? Because remember my story, I grew up in an apartment, right? Seven mile evergreen, then moved to Rich School State in a family house. They had to stay in a hotel for a minute and then we rented a house when we moved off on school craft. We rented that house the whole time. We never owned it. Right? So owning a house, not only that you're that you're not that, that you're gonna live in, but buying a house that you're not even gonna live in. I'm like, what are y'all doing? It was I remember they bought a duplex over on Cherry Line, like over by like um not too far from Mary Grove College, and then they had another house can't remember. So I'm like, Wow. And they were telling me the whole plan. I'm like, that's what's up. And it's the light bulb went off. Like the light bulb went off because I was always interested in construction and I didn't really understand real estate, but the the concepts of just owning buildings and houses was always fascinating to me at a young age, right? Because I didn't see it. So I'm like, wow, like people are like, somebody, somebody owns that, you know? So around the same time, I just coincidentally start reading this book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad for Dad, mm-hmm. right? So I'm like, I got to get in real estate, like 911. You know, that's what I'm saying to myself. So uh, I'm looking in the newspaper. This is 2003. Remember? So I'm looking in the newspapers all the time in the for sale section because I didn't know anything about contacting a real estate agent to find a house or even what questions to ask or anything. The only people I knew that was doing this was my two homeboys that was one year older than me that I played football with at Cavs, right? That's only people I knew I was doing it. So other than them, I got to start researching on my own and figuring out how this thing works. So anyway, found the, found the ad, house, price was pretty low. So ended up getting it, um, ended up having a little bit of extra capital reserve money to do a couple of improvements. And I got a section eight tenant in there. And I remember to this day, you know, and had that probably for a while. And after that, I ended up waking up with a friend of mine, like, man, we need to start doing this, like, doing it, buying them, fixing them. Because remember, I was interested in construction, so I was a Lego kid. You know what I'm saying? I used to love Legos and stuff, just putting stuff together. Like, my mom, even at a young age, my mom, was, she would buy stuff that had to be put together, like, desks, entertainment centers, whatever it was, to have me put them together. My dad was in the house, too, though. I love my dad. Rest in peace. He passed seven months after my mom did in 2017. So... But he was in the house, but my mom knew I liked to build stuff, so I used to always put stuff together. So that that's where the construction part comes in and then renovating and all that. So started buying a few houses. 2003, now I'm still working, right? Just that guy out of school in 2000. So 2004, I left corporate. I started fixing houses full time, you know, flipping them, learning as I go still, right? Because I'm still, I'm still green to this. I don't really know really what I'm doing. Flipping them, getting other people, other my some of my other peers, you know, they interested, you know, doing a couple deals with them. 
networking, meeting people. Some of those relationships I still have to this day from 2003 when I first started. True, true story. So I did that for a few years, you know. Found an investor who kind of wanted to assist and, you know, was able to kind of sustain. I wasn't living lavishly, you know what I'm saying? Just graduated from school a few years ago. I was making good money when I left my job at 25, but I wasn't fulfilled. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I wasn't getting satisfaction from that. So I'm like, I'm, I can't waste my time here because it's like, and to me, like having a whole lot of money wasn't like the thing because I didn't come from a whole lot of money. So whatever I was making, I was living good. And I knew how to live with less if I needed to. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, I got to step out here and do this because this is what I want to do. You know what I'm saying? And it's going to be what it's going to be. But I can't. I couldn't live with myself if I just say I didn't try. You know what I'm saying? So then for a few years, the market got crazy here around 2007, 2008. Started getting weird. And I started buying properties, holding them myself, too. Market got crazy. Learned some hard lessons. Learned some hard lessons during that time, like that 2007, 2008. Like, you know personally on a business level, but it was, it all stemmed from my lessons that I was learning through real estate. It had a domino effect on other, 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 other facts of my life. It was, it became a stressful time, but you got to persevere, right? And know that it is what it is. It's part of, it's part of, it was part of my journey. It is part of my journey. It still is. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's that. So I had to go back to work roughly around probably like 2011, 2012. You know, there's a lot of other stuff in between, but I don't want to bore y'all with everything. I, you know, I started a you know, residential construction company, which I still run, but it, the market became so saturated with, 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 and I know I'm kind of jumping, but I'm going to make it make sense. The market became saturated with so many construction companies at the time, shortly after I had mine started, you know, and I'm working with a lot of investors because the automotive industry had took a hit and a lot of people from the automotive industry were out of work. So a lot of them started trying to transition over into, you know, the the home renovation business, right? And then at the same time the real estate market was down. The prices were depressed. Right. So if you if you weren't somebody that was, you know, cash heavy or, you know, you know, had access to, you know, a good amount of liquid funds, you weren't even capitalizing on the deals that were out here, right? Because you just took a beating from the jump in on the 2003, 2004, 2005, and now two, three years later, the market is out of whack, right? But I didn't know how to prepare for that because, once again, I, I didn't have a blueprint. I'm still learning. So anyway, went to corporate, you know, same thing. Once you know, you know, right? So it is what it is. I got my real estate license in 2013, I think 2012-2013, and I was like, okay, I need to get back into business. I've learned a lot. I still was doing a lot of studying during that time, going to web, you know, going visiting to webinars to hear people speak, like driving in Chicago, going down uh, like to Florida. You know, I'm online, still reading. I'm still learning because I'm not quitting. You know, I know I'm not going to quit. I just took an L. But it was to learn from. It's only an L if you don't learn from. If you take it and use it and better and improve, then it wasn't an L. It was just a short-term barrier. It was a challenge. It was a hurdle. It was lessons that you had to learn that you couldn't be taught, right? Because if, if somebody tells you something, you don't always digest it the way you do 
as if you experienced it yourself. It doesn't have the same effect, right? If you're serious about it, sometimes you have to experience it. Came back, learned more. I'm a much more conservative investor now, right? I'm a much more conservative, much more savvy, but that became some lessons. I know how to analyze deals. I know, I know expenses. I know, you know, certain due diligence that should happen based on various situations. Because I've been involved in so many transactions. I'm talking about tax sales, getting buying properties that have that you know that are on the demolition list that have Liz pendants on the title, right? Dealing with just different departments within the city that are involved in the construction and the real estate and the taxes, you know, all these different things and people that you need to meet. Learning how to work the system all the way around from A to Z, from the time I'm interested in the property to the time it's time for me to exit out of the property to sell it or to hold it. Every step of the way, I can analyze it quick, give you, oh, this can happen, that can happen, what to prepare for, what, not, you know, what, all this, I can give you so many different scenarios because real estate is so unique and there can be so, there are no two identical situations, no matter what anybody thinks, because there's no two identical houses, there, there's no two identical paths to ownership. How many people held that property? How did they hold the property? Real estate is very deep, you know, and, and, and that's why it fascinates me because there, it's always different. There's an opportunity to learn, and then obviously you can make some money. That's why people get retired. You can make some money, but you can, you can make some money, you can lose some money. But the thing about it is, is to learn. The more you learn, the more you earn in real estate, period. Period. <laughs> Okay. Bars, man. <laughs> Bars, man. Okay. So, okay. So, uh Okay, so let's 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 paint a scenario then. You know, let's say we got someone who wants to get into real estate. Let's call him let's call him Joe, I guess. Joe just lost his job. Joe got a place to stay. Joe got okay credit, and Joe doesn't have a college degree. What, what's, what's your advice for Joe? Okay. All right, so wait a minute now. Joe, give, give, me, give me the whole scenario again. Like, give me the picture one more time. Give me the picture one more time. Okay. Um, um, Joe, just a regular guy, just lost his job. Mm -hmm. um, he has a place to stay. He does have to pay rent. I'm going to add. Joe has a kid. Let's add that. And okay. and he doesn't have a college degree. He has some he has experience because he just had a job. But he just lost his job for whatever reason. But he don't have a degree to fall back on. Okay. What's what's, what, what's your advice for Joe moving forward? Moving forward. So this is just general advice. This is just period. So He's, he's lost his income, so is Joe collecting any unemployment? Well, yeah, let's say that. You know, Joe's a, Joe's a hard worker, and he qualifies for unemployment. Okay, he qualifies for unemployment. So this is just, a, a, so basically, okay, no degree, he's got a kid, he's got to pay rent, he just lost his job, which means he's lost some income. How much, we don't know. I guess there's a, I mean, there's a lot of things. One, 
what is what is what is Joe what is Joe trying is Joe trying to get into real estate or does Joe just need a job? Let's let's say Joe is getting into real estate. Let's okay. The, the reason I paint this picture is during the pandemic, I've noticed a lot of people I know personally, and then you read a lot of people left their job and they became entrepreneurs for whatever reason. And okay. that scenario is kind of Joe's like, okay, now you lost your job. Maybe you're forced to get into real estate. What's, what's Joe's first step? Well, I, I, this is what I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to stop because I'm very sensitive to real estate. Okay. Mm-hmm. So when you say forced to get into real estate, to me, that's that's a negative for me because anytime somebody's forced into doing something they're not going to be passionate about it they're going to be very 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 un- unenthusiastic i should say right because they were forced into it so therefore at some point in time they're going to cause issues and delays and problems because they're not necessarily taking it as seriously as someone who got into it because they wanted to get into it. Actually, that's a great answer. I did not expect that answer. I hope that resonates with someone, really. I've heard that some, the reason I say that, because I heard people tell me that. It's like I was kind of forced into it. Maybe it's the wrong term. Just so, because you're you're pushed down this path doesn't necessarily mean you have to go down that path. Absolutely not. You know, so the people that are forced into real estate, you know, they don't get licensed. They don't learn. You know, they're just trying to figure out, well, how can I do this and make a quick few thousand dollars because I didn't heard this person that's been dated or I, you know, paid $300 for this course or something. But the people that are true wholesalers in real estate, and this is, and, and I'm not going to say this is not every scenario, but I'll say a good portion of it. Because the people that are forced into real estate, if they don't get licensed, then they consider themselves wholesalers for the most part. And they're trying to understand how they can make money off of real estate without using any of their own money. Right? That's what it is. So the people that are truly good, and this is my opinion, and I'm only giving my opinion, you're talking about me, um, I think those wholesalers have much better success because they didn't start off as wholesalers, a good, a good portion of them. They previously were agents, you know, or still agents or learned and, you know, been in the business for a long time to understand not only how to structure a deal, how to get out of a deal, you know, how, how you know, th- those things, how to network to make transactions happen fast. But when you just jump in, you, you 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 do a lot of scrambling, and then you do a lot of things that I don't want to necessarily use the word unethical, but for lack of a better terms, you know people frown upon in the real in the real real estate industry. Not saying wholesale isn't, but I mean within the actual industry of, of the licensed professionals and that people you know who respect the industry. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So. It's just it's just a fine line, you know, and it's a it's a it's a small community too, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, real estate. As far as if you've been around for a while, if you've done some deals, and then when you get into the development, which I'm still very young at, but I've been learning the last two years strong. Um, when I mean development, like large scale mixed use buildings, you know, stuff that's like you know more than 
four units, right? So commercial development, so to speak. That community is so small, so small, so small, especially for minorities. It's, it's, it's. I mean, you know, is I I can't even put a percentage to it. You know, years back, um, I had looked into development for minorities when uh the choice choice hotel brand that owns like Super Eight and there's a few other. They owns like so umbrella. I don't know how to tell you. They had a minority development program for the minorities to open up, you know, motels or hotels under their franchise, and they were willing to give you funding to do it because minorities own like one percent or less than one percent of the hospitality industry mm-hmm. in the United States. So I'm like, wow. I I understood back then how small of a percentage we really, how, how much market share we really had in this whole real estate thing. That goes back to the me saying about just leaving the legacy. So the more I learn, not only the more I earn, but the more I can share, right? The more I can share, better I can be at, at my craft. At the end of the day, it's all relative. And that's why, when, you know, I say when somebody's forced into it versus somebody that gets into it because they want to get into it. That's the, those are the people that are going to make things better for the industry, which, which in whole makes things better for people. Figuring out your why. Okay. It, it, it does. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. With that, then let's say, uh, let's say um, you, you have this desire for real estate, but you don't have any direction. What's your, what's your first three steps for that individual? Your first three steps, you got a desire. First of all, I'm going to tell you to educate yourself, right? It always starts with education because real estate is very is very broad, right? And so, and I say this all the time: there's so much more than buying a seven house and fixing a flipping house. It's like real estate is the world, right? It's the land, and what what you develop on it creates the communities and the businesses and all that. But I mean, but then there's so many different jobs that are involved in real estate. I mean, you got title companies, right? You got appraisers, you got real estate inspectors, um, and you got you know environmental enge- environmental engineers, you know real estate attorneys, real estate salespeople, real estate brokers, right? General contractors, builders. There's so many different things. So I always tell people to educate yourself. Find out, you know, what's your what's your niche going to be. But if you don't educate yourself, you don't even you don't even really get a chance to understand the level of involvement that goes into even a, the smallest of transactions. And I even want to talk about a large scale development and how many more entities and departments and people are involved in making sure you have a successful project on that level. Make sure all your I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. You know, now you're getting into, you know, you know, setting up, you know, corporations, you know, you should do that on a smaller level. But now you're talking to, you know, planning and development people, you know, people that you might want to talk to to see about, you know, grant funding, you know, if you're in a certain area, you know, learn about opportunity zones, you know, uh, tax abatements and, all these things. Understand where you're buying at. What's going on in this area? What are benefits? What are the pros and cons for me buying in this area versus that area? You know, is there funding available here? 
If it's not, should I go to an area that's, you know, maybe not as desirable as the one I wanted, but I could live with it and it's going to, it's going to be more beneficial for me long-term because there's going to be future development coming here. So I'll be able to capture some of that appreciation that I didn't capture over here in the little bit better of an area. You, you feel what I'm saying? So yeah. you can analyze things in so many different ways, but you have to learn. And that's why I say, you know, jump in it, but I say be conservative. But the thing about it, even me, I kind of jumped in, but I, I was learning the wrong, like literally reading books. Like I read a lot of books while I was doing this, but I was getting experience too, but I was reading too. I wasn't just out here running around or I would have made way more mistakes than I did. And I didn't make a lot. I made some, but I didn't necessarily have to make those mistakes. So I would say tell somebody to educate themselves and then from there, decide how do you want to enter into real estate? Do you want to be a long-term holder? Do you want to be a short-term investor? You know, uh, do you want to be a wholesale? Do you want to be a real estate agent? Maybe you like to be an appraiser. Figure out what it is because, there, you know, if, 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 if money is, your, is, is the driving factor, then there you can make money in a lot of different industries within real estate. You don't necessarily have to buy real estate per se. You can own a company that that assists in real estate transactions. So that's why I say it's, it's, it's so big. So I always tell somebody just to learn, and then from there, figure out based on what you learned and what really piques your interest. Now you go seek out somebody who's doing what you want to do versus somebody who's just doing something. Because now they're going to basically be teaching you what they know, but what they know may, isn't really in line with what you want to learn. But you can only know what you want to learn once you educate yourself. And now you need, okay, I need to build off of this. Don't go pick the, don't go play for the wrong team. You know, you are running quarterback, but you go to a team that passed the ball all game. Okay. Okay. That Okay. Got it. Okay. You feel feel what I'm saying? But you got to know what type of player you are to know what team you need to be on or want to associate yourself with. All right. He getting in there, y'all. He getting in there. He letting y'all know. These, these, these. Okay. My my wheels is turning now. When I put it that way, doesn't it just make good sense? Yeah, it makes it makes sense. And it's like when you think about at first, you say how broad real estate is. And it's like, okay, that's like as you telling me that my mind is expanding. And then not only you just broaden the horizons, you also niche them down too. you know, like you could just be an appraiser and you could make money as an appraiser or an inspector or real estate transactions themselves. These are things I never even thought of personally. For sure, for sure. They're all here, though. You know, they're all here. Read, read. I think books are good. I mean, internet, you know, watching videos are good, too. Um, But I think sometimes you can be turned off by videos by the person presenting the message. Mm. And that's why books read, because you're going to read it and interpret it the way you want versus someone giving inflections or, you know, voice inflections on certain things or their demeanor or, or maybe their monotone, you know, their monotone, you know, it's just like, eh, when you read, I think you can just absorb the information better 
and you can filter out what you don't want and you can capture what it is that you need. Feel me? What recommended books you suggest people read? Just a few. And here's my thing. And I'm, I'm going to give you a real general answer because I just, I'm not good at remembering the name. Like the books that I've read, like literally, this is, you know, probably 15 years ago. Like I, remember, I always remember Rich Dad for that because that's the very first book I read. And it's not necessarily focused solely on real estate, but there are principles in there regarding real estate being financially free. And okay, so that one always sticks with me because that was the very first one. You feel me? So that was, you can call that my first love as far as real estate education goes. Then after that, I read a few, like, various, like, fix and flip books. I, like, I read probably, I don't know, four or five of those early on, just random fix and flip books. But what I learned, and this is why I'm saying this, is that pretty much they all, pretty much all, a lot of them had the same information in them, you know, just kind of presented different. Maybe this is on Chapter 3. And the other book is in chapter five, but it's a lot of the same information. You know, you, you explained your whole journey, and it's an awesome journey. Now, if looking at yourself now, what advice would you give your 21-year-old self in the position that you are now? Okay, so 21... I was, I was still in college at 21 now, all right? So I'm going to say I was still in college at 21. So I would say at 21, wow, it's, it's not going to be real estate related. What it would be is pay more attention. I would say pay more attention, and I would have started investing in, in like, Stocks early. I used to be a gym shoe head. I, I still am. I still love gym shoes to this day. You know, I'm 43. I still love gym shoes. I love shoes, period, but gym shoes, like, I just, like, they're sweet to me. I've always loved gym shoes, even when I was, like, little, little. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, I, I think my second or third birthday, I got the Jordan 1, black and red. Like, I don't remember how much it was at the time, but you couldn't tell me nothing. So I love shoes, but every time I bought a pair of shoes, I should have been investing in Nike stock at the same time. You know what I'm saying? And I even take that same principle to this day now. Like, I'm not a heavy investor in stocks, but the stocks that I invest in, for the most part, are are companies that I already spend my money with. You said for the most part. Because if I'm if you're good enough for me to spend my money with you, you should be good enough for me to invest in your company too. Or 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 I got the game backwards. If I'm buying Nikes, I should be investing in Nike. Because I clearly like their product, so why wouldn't I invest in the company? If I if I don't believe I should be investing in the company, then why am I buying a why am I buying a product? Yep. And that's that's a that's a I think we all have that feeling at some point. And yeah. I I agree. But, Agree, hundred percent. Nobody, no, nobody was investing in stocks at that time. That in my circle, remember, real, real estate was new, so stocks was kind of just like, unheard of, unheard of, unheard of. Nobody was talking about investing in the stock market. That was like only in the movies. Not to sound funny, but that's only in the movies. Nobody, you can't invest in stocks for real. Like not for real. 
But I kind of knew a little bit about it because they had this thing when I was in middle school. I think it was like the Junior Achievement Academy or something, if I remember it correctly. And they had little things where you could, like, trade, like, fake stock. They tried to teach you at a young age, but they never – the schools never never expanded on some of those smaller programs that were outside of the regular curriculum. But that's a whole other story for another day we can get into, but I will go invest in some stocks at 21. <laughs> 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 hey, that's hey, that's 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 great, man. That's great. Um, um, I I like to thank you for for coming on the show. I appreciate your time, good brother. Um, thank if, you for having. Yeah, if anybody um want to be able to reach out to you, um, how can they reach out to you? Oh, I, I appreciate that. Um, so you can follow me. Um, I'm actually on Clubhouse, but that's, I think, I don't know if that's, uh, or you heard me, or the bullshit too, but I'm on, uh, you can definitely follow me on on, on uh, Instagram, uh, it's Rich Off Real Estate 308, Rich R-I-C-H Real Estate O-F 308. Um, you can also email me if you got some direct questions. Um, it's CCN, like Charles, Charles, Nancy, CCN Real Estate at gmail.com. Search some homes or whatever. You can always check out my my uh, personal website. It operates, you know, just the same as Zillow and those other ones. And it's going to and it's going to be more accurate. It's going to be more accurate. We're going to have people. I say those aren't accurate, but stuff on my site will be properties that are actually for sale right now. Um, if you're looking to sell a property, you can definitely contact me. Uh, but my website is uh, Clayton, C-L-A-Y-T-O-N, period, K-W, period, com. So Clayton, dot, K-W, dot, com. And then, you know, hit me up if you want to call me. Uh, you can reach me at 313-433-3920. Ask me questions. Um, I will have my, my uh, link tree set up, I think, my Monday. Or, you know, you'll be able to reach me through there as well. Set up, you know, appointments, 15 minutes, you know, quick little guy, a couple questions, always willing to help kind of un- understand what your, you know, you want your niche to be and, you know, you want to get out here, you got a property and you, you want to buy a property, you want to fix a property, maybe you want to become a real estate agent, we can do some, you know, more deeper consultations. So that'll be in there. But yeah, shoot me an email, whatever. And if you do want to set up an appointment, just uh, get on my, my link tree after um, this, after this coming week. You can set up some appointments or whatever, but um, yeah. So that's pretty much it. You know, I definitely appreciate it. I love to share. So anytime I can get to do something like this, you know, I'm always, you know, want to go ahead and hopefully uh, inspire someone. All right, beautiful brother. Thank you very much. We definitely have you back on. All right, thanks a lot. All right, no problem. Thank you. All right, peace. I'd like to thank you guys again for listening. If you need any additional information, please follow our show notes and continue to kick back with us. From the lands of Egypt comes something special. Every family begins their perfect night with a great meal. 
and it starts with Mount Sinai olive oil. Taste the quality of premium, delicious olives that are first cold pressed and extra virgin. No matter what's for dinner, Mount Sinai olive oil will be the perfect ingredient to enhance flavor and your health. Excellence has a new name. Mount Sinai olive oil has arrived.